Welcome to the Entre Pastors Podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Well, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Entre Pastors Podcast. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I think it's the new year by the time this episode goes out. Is it not, Les? It is indeed. Probably the first, I believe, is when it goes live. So Happy New Year to you, John. Yeah, you as well, my friend. For those of you that don't know, my name is John Sanders, one of the co-hosts here, along with my friend Les. 2022 is here, man. This is the very first episode of the year. That's exciting. Yeah, and it's a good one, too. This This is really good that we're starting off this way with Greg Gray. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, when we did the interview, Les, you were not able to be there, so I got all the pleasure of Greg to myself. We had a great conversation that I'm getting ready to, I'm excited to share with our audience here in a few minutes, but uh, tell us a little bit about Greg, uh, because you've known him longer than I have, so uh, Mm -hmm. tell us who Greg is and a little bit about him and why you're excited for our audience to hear from him. Mm -hmm. I met Greg a while back through some mutual friends and actually a mastermind that we're all in now, mastermind group. And wow, he's really a, a unique guy in a good way. All right. Mm-hmm. So he he's a brother in Christ. He um, does not have vocational ministry as a background, but he is a, a minister of the gospel where he goes, you know, in the marketplace. Yeah. He uh, is a is a farmer. So he raises beef cattle, man. He is our friend. Yeah. Amen. And uh, he so he, he he puts it out there. He does that. He also is a is a business coach, an executive leadership coach, and wears a few more hats. Where he crosses into our world is Greg has some very good skills in the area of uh, of mediation and leading, like leading teams. Yep. You know, so team roles, um, determining who's wearing what hat, and if they're all on the right seat on the bus, headed in the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. He's very wise. And so a lot of uh, groups and teams bring Greg in to just give them counsel, look at their organization, how healthy do we seem? What are some things that we can change to be a more healthy organization, especially a church? Yeah. I, I know the pastors listening to this can identify. Sometimes in ministry, you you have people either in your church or just around you in your circle somewhere that you just know they get it, even though they're not a pastor. Like It's someone that you really value bringing them in to hear, you know, what's going on, to speak into some things because they just get it. And that's kind of where I see Greg uh, really adding value to our community. In this interview, uh, Les, he and I talked about what you and I have identified as being one major roadblock that many pastors face in their entrepreneurial journey. It's this whole thing of, how do I tell my church? Like, how do I navigate the potential conflict that might be there or, you know, work through these issues that come up with my church going, no, you can't do that. And Greg's got some really good thoughts that he speaks into that. He talks in this interview about pastors needing to transition from a kind of a CEO corporate mindset where you belong to the corporation to more of an entrepreneurial mindset. And so it's right up our alley. It's right up the alley of the Mm -hmm. content we create and the message that we're trying to get out into the world. So uh, I'm excited for our community to meet Greg and hear the conversation that he and I were able to have. Yeah, 100%. I love the way that you described him because that's the feeling that you get after you've been speaking with him just for a couple of minutes is this guy gets it. 
Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, you're in for a good one. Without any further ado, let's cut to this interview that we did recently with Greg Gray. Check this out. Well, Greg, welcome to the Entree Pastors podcast, my friend. It's so good to have you on the show. I am so glad to be here. You and I are connected through a, a mutual mastermind that we're in together, and I'm I'm the new guy to the group as of this year, so I'm still kind of learning who everybody is. But the more I get to know people like you in, in this group, I'm like, man, we are surrounded by some pretty amazing people that do some amazing things in the world. And uh, as I've heard some of your expertise, I'm like, there's an area, even though you're not a pastor, I'm like, there's an area where Greg could definitely speak into the lives of pastors. So I'm grateful to have you on the show and looking forward to our conversation. Why don't we just start with a general overview? If you want to give an introduction to yourself, uh, to our audience, tell us a little bit about the work that you do in the world. Okay. So about 11 years ago now, I stepped out of corporate world. I was in corporate for many, many years and ran a lot of businesses and had a lot of executive roles. And so when I stepped out, I went into consulting and coaching and I've owned other businesses too along the way. Um, and so what I'm really focused on right now is doing two things, helping business owners uh, eliminate chaos from their life. And the other thing I work on, <clears throat> which is what I really started with, was helping them be better leaders and build teams that are self-managed. That's that's the core of what I do. I love that. So what kind of corporate work were you in back in the day? So for many, many years, I was in automotive manufacturing. And so I was in a very fast pace, very... Uh, uh, high strong environment for many, many years, a lot of stress, um, worked, you know, many hours and was very successful. And, uh, in about, you know, when you get to that midlife age at 38 year old age, I, I looked up and went, I, I just can't do this for another 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't believe that that's what's God God's called me to do for the next 20, 30 years. So I started searching and looking for what that was. And I realized what I was doing that I enjoyed as, as much as anything in that whole profession, I was really enjoying building leadership teams. And I really enjoyed basically doing what I'm doing now full-time. And so I went, okay, how can I, how can I go from doing all this other stuff, which I was, you know, I was in a zone of excellence, but I wasn't in my zone of genius. And I said, how can I go just be in my zone of genius and do nothing else? And that was the quest I went on. And here I am today doing, I mean, Everything I do, it's not work to me. It's just absolute passion, and and I love it, and uh, I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. Well, one area right away that comes to my mind is a question that I think would relate to a lot of pastors who are starting a business, especially if it's in the realm of coaching or some kind of consulting. You basically had to start that from scratch, right? And how? So I'd love to hear a little bit. How did you do that? How did you... Uh, jump into that and start offering your services as a coach when up to that point you had been more involved just at the corporate level? Well, I would suggest if you're going to make that transition, you don't just make it by pulling one lever and, you know, and, and stepping out. I mean, <clears throat> so there was a lot of back background work that I did for a couple of years, letting people know where I was headed with, you know, obviously my company didn't know that, that I was working for, but people out there that could use my services. So I did some part-time coaching and things on the side to, to learn the skill and start making some, some connections and some networking. And, and I'm a pretty good networker. And so while I was networking for the, you know, two or three years before I knew I was going to step out, I had built a pretty, pretty good, uh, you know, Rolodex of names and numbers that I could call on. So as I started stepping out, I really uh, worked that, 
network pretty hard to get me some some clients to start with. And, and then that first year, year and a half, I was doing a lot of cold calling, a lot of door knocking. I mean, I was, you know, felt like I was an evangelist, right? I was, yeah. I was out doing what I had to do to get business and I, I would do whatever I had to, to do to, to make that happen. And, um, you know, so there was a lot of prayerful consideration about it and a lot of discernment. And the other thing was we had, my family and I had built enough cash reserves to go do that and not put ourselves in a, in a, in a bad situation. So as it caught on, you know, things took off and I never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very important piece that I hear given to coaches a lot. Like don't launch a coaching business. If you need money, like you need a runway to get that going to where you're not feeling that neediness and that pressure to get clients, but you can just serve them powerfully. And then, you know, the money will come as you start to do that. So, well, Greg, the the conversation I really wanted to have with you, I get the sense as I hear you tell some of your stories that you are a guy that has helped kind of mitigate work deals, work through conflict with different teams and corporations and that sort of a thing. And so I just want to tell a story from my side and see what you would say to to this. I think this is a pretty common issue for a lot of pastors who are you know, they kind of in a traditional role, feeling overworked and underpaid uh, in their pastoral role. And one of the biggest hurdles that might come up for them when they think about becoming an entrepreneurial pastor and starting some kind of business on the side is, man, how do I work this out with my church? You know, do I, how do I get permission to do this? How do I, you know, negotiate this? And uh, I'm just curious, what, what kind of advice would you give to a pastor that's in that place? And, you know, and have you had any experience walking alongside of even church boards in different discussions like that? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of it goes back to the relationship that you have and the the mix of the people that are leading that church. I mean, you have to come from it from that direction first. So the first thing I'd want to do is ask some questions about what's the relationship like today? You know, what, you know, kind of, what hurdles have you gone through with them already? And that kind of sets the stage for the direction we're coming from. The other thing that would be very interesting to know would be the personalities of the people we're dealing with. So, um, you know, you, you have to know your own personality very well too. You know, I'm, re- I'm really big about knowing yourself mm-hmm. and, but the, but the key is you, you need to know your audience you're talking to. And so um, figuring out who those people are, the way they think, is, is going to actually help you create your best approach. It's like any negotiation you go into, whether it's corporate or church, it's, it's all about people and people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to find a win-win approach for it. So if, if it's presented to an organization, particularly in a, in a you know, pastoral setting, and they can see that they're going to benefit from it, and it's not going to hamper anything you're going to do from a pastoral standpoint, then it should be a it should be something they can grasp and say oh that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that I like to say is you know it's good for a pastor to be and I'm going to say this right and I want to clarify it to be in the world more than they're not because if you get you know in, in the four walls of the church building and you're and that's the only place you're at you can't be as good a pastor as you can be as you're out and about and yeah. so one of the things that I would weave into that conversation is this will actually help me reach other people and see things that I wouldn't normally see and actually be a more of a normal person. I put that in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Because we want to be, 
we want to be served by a pastor that is one of us, but then is guiding us towards something that's better Yeah. versus somebody that thinks they have it, you know, all correct, which we know that's not true. None of us do. And then, and then there's this gap. And so I think an entrepreneurial pastor in essence is actually more approachable. And so if you take all those kind of dialogues and you, and you put that into a, negotiable presentation, if you will say, Hey, this is something I really feel my, my, in my heart. I want to do. It'll actually take pressure off financially for my family. It'll actually help me do some other things and see some things in the world that I can even talk about from the pulpit or whatever. I mean, I think, I think you put all that together. It's, it's a unique approach and it's a really good package. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's sellable. Yeah. And you know, clearly you and I could easily come up with a long list. You already mentioned a few, but a list of pros, you know, kind of those win-win things for the church where they would even mm-hmm. benefit by having their pastor out in the marketplace. Um, but I want to hit you with this question because this is not uncommon for, sadly, for some pastors serving in maybe some more toxic type environments um, or or even just super traditional where there's these, you know, heavy expectations of pastor. That's why we pay you a full-time salary of $30,000 a year. You are our full-time employee. Um, so let's, let's suppose that a pastor approaches their leadership team with all of those things, with all of the, you know, win-win, this is good for me and the church. Uh, but the church is just, you know, resistant, whether it's a, at, at the level of just a leadership board or whether it's the entire congregation that even has the voting power to say, no, we, we, we're not standing for this. What advice would you give to that pastor that's sitting here going, I don't know that I want to keep working for $30,000 a year. And it's frustrating that I'm serving a church that thinks they own me 24 seven, like they're being a little unreasonable. What would you say to that pastor? Well, I would have them consider if the culture of that congregation is where they should be anyway. I mean, that's the very first obvious question. Um, I actually know of a pastor that that's a friend of mine that he went through this about a year and a half ago and he's not, he's not pastoring anymore. Now he went out on his own. And he's doing his own thing now, probably doubled his income easily. Mm-hmm. Now he still gives back, <clears throat> excuse me, to the church. And he still has a heart for ministry, but he's ministering in di- from different perspectives. Now he's ministering where he works and his clientele and those kind of things. I mean, use me, for example, I'm not a pastor. I've never, I've never had a, <clears throat> a role where I was full-time in a pulpit. Just never have never, probably never will. That's not my calling, but I minister every day. Yep. <clears throat> I have those tailgate, what I call tailgate conversations um, in my work, because as I'm coaching a business leader through things, things come up, yeah. things about the marriage, their, their, their faith or, you know, backsliding or whatever it might be. And while I don't pretend to be a, a minister, we're all ministers of God. I mean, we're all called to do those things. And so I don't think you have to be in full-time ministry. Now I'm not saying everybody here, you start quitting. We we need pulpit ministers, right? We need full-time ministers. I'm not saying everybody quit, but if you're in that precarious situation, there may be a period of time in your life where you don't, don't need to do that. Yeah. Or at least at that place. So there's, there's other ways around it. And unfortunately those very traditional churches uh, are their own worst enemy many times. Yeah. Um, and so they lose great people because of that. And yep. that's a shame, but you know, if you can't talk them into it, you can't negotiate them into it, then you have to consider what's best for you and your family. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm on record as saying, and it's kind of an abrasive statement, but I don't care. I, I'm on record as saying <laughs> my prayer is that the day is coming that that church I just described, the profile of that church that is that toxic, that they, they really see themselves as owning their pastor at such a small salary 24-7 that they won't be able to even find a pastor any longer that will come and lead them or pastor them, you know, because we're helping pastors kind of wake up and wise up like look it doesn't have to be that unhealthy like you can you can thrive in ministry and in the marketplace and your family doesn't have to suffer on beans and rice consistently in the name of god you know like there's there's another option here so um absolutely i do like the idea of the win-win though that that's the better scenario when we can approach our church and show how look this is not only good for me and my family but it's also going to bless the rest of the church family um you know, the, the hope would be that your normal average church family would go, you know, that's a good thing. And if that blesses our pastor, then that blesses us too. And we're, we're happy about that. Well, to your point, this, this congregation that my friend was at, and he left a year and a half ago, they had to go reevaluate. And to their credit, they went, oh, maybe this isn't the model anymore. And so they, they have now have a, uh, a minister that, that is their pulpit minister that is part-time he actually teaches school during the week and preaches on the weekend and they're they're okay with that they they readjusted but it took the other gentleman leaving before that happened yeah you know and so they wisened up to that and went wow things have changed um and, and i think we we as you know believers have to realize sometimes we have to be the change makers yeah absolutely Here's a question, and I know you're not an attorney and don't claim to play one on TV, but are there are there legal considerations that a pastor might need to think through from a standpoint of jumping into entrepreneurial, you know, some kind of entrepreneurial business as well as being a pastor? Like, are there any things from a legal standpoint that they should consider? I don't think there's anything beyond just normal considerations for being, you know, business owner. I mean, I, I don't understand that there would be any cross pollination of concern there, you know, unless they were, you know, doing nothing but selling to the congregation from the pulpit. Now that'd be a whole different ballgame, but that's an, forget it, forget legal. That's a, that's ethical, right? right. That's unethical. Right. So, so you don't even have to go to the legal there. Um, I, I don't really see foresee anything that's a big concern. I think if you have a proper business entity and all your ducks are in a row in it, you know, depending on what type of business that might be, I don't see there's a major issue at all. Yeah. Uh, so do you personally know of pastors that are that are doing stuff in both the marketplace and, you know, normal church world? Like, do you personally know some entree pastors in your world? Absolutely, I do. I know one that does real estate. I know another one that has a farm, uh, you know, farming operation that he sells from. And and I've I've known I've known some that have done um even consulting and and that type of work, you know, during the week, you know, sort of uh uh you know, kind of a spiritual consultant, if you will. Um, they, they would help, you know, business owners or, or leaders, executives kind of get their spiritual life straightened out. And I know that sounds kind of odd to say, well, that, that's what a minister should do anyway. Well, they, they were taken to another level. They wanted to buy their time and, and literally um, have them work on their life specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think any of those things uh, make sense. I, I know some that are, that are, you know, have, uh, uh, franchises, restaurants, those kind of things on the side. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with any of those things. I mean, the way I look at it is if I was a franchise owner, for example, I, let's say I own two or three Wendy's restaurants 
And all of a sudden I want to become a minister. They hired me into a pulpit, but I wasn't going to sell my restaurants. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. So what does it matter if you go the other way and you're a minister, and then you go out and decide to go do something like that. I don't understand why there would be any conflict in that or any issue in that. Yeah. Here's a question about those individuals you mentioned, and maybe you don't know, you might have to guess on this, but do you think that they know that there's other pastors out there like them, or do you think they feel like they are on an island by themselves as an entree pastor? Well, I know two of them know each other. And so they, they talk about their investments and things. And they, matter of fact, they're very uh, bold about it. They, they think that's, they think it's incumbent on them to be that way. Sort of kind of like, you know, Paul was a tent maker, right? Yeah. And, and Paul didn't take income from anybody. He, matter of fact, he just carried it and gave it to other people. And so if you look at his example, I mean, we got a spiritual guide right there and, and, and scriptural reference that says, Hey, this guy moved from place to place and preached all kinds of, yet he worked. Yep. So why can't another, so they, they, they kind of, take that reference and say, Hey, we're going to, we think it's incumbent on us to do this because we take pressure off the church. We don't have to have as big an income, you know? And, and so there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you think about it, how, how is a, how is a minister ever going to have retirement if they can't have enough income and, and do some things? Yep. So I, I really think this is, if you look back in the last hundred 150 years, it's really a more of a nowadays problem. Yep. Because there used to not be W two corporation type entities, and everybody was a entrepreneur back in the day, right? Everybody raised their own goats and their own sheep and their own cows or their own garden and everything, and nobody complained about it. And now we think, wow, we got to separate them. They're a full time minister; they can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's right. Yeah, I totally agree, and and I'm grateful for your you know weighing in on that. And that's the thing I find with the average pastor that I know that is successful in business, many of them feel like they can't really talk about that much, certainly not within their church family, uh, but they feel so alone. And so that's really one of the things we're doing with this Entree Pastors platform is we're connecting these guys and we're celebrating. I'm like, this is normal. This is good. This is a healthy thing for you to show up in the world as an entrepreneur, as well as a pastor. Like if God's called you to that, that's awesome. But um, you don't have to just do that. And when, when you mentioned a minute ago, you know, uh, the, these pastors that are, you know, lacking retirement, that is such a common story. We hear our, I would say probably the average age of the pastor that's reaching out and finding this content. Uh, certainly we've got younger guys, but man, we're getting a lot of those guys that are getting to the later end of their career as a pastor. And they're looking into the next few years going, I don't have anything to retire on, you know. Some in some cases they followed the advice of, you know, opting out of social security, not that that's an amazing retirement plan anyway, but they don't even have that. And uh, you know, years and years of well, we'll just, you know, take it by faith and trust God. I mean, that's great, but now here we are approaching retirement with nothing but faith. So, and I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just saying I agree like we need to we need to set these pastors up with a better plan and so uh, I'm excited about what we're seeing happen through this platform and and uh, just making this more of a normal thing for pastors, a pathway for them to follow. Um, so, hey, I have well, one other... I appreciate you doing it. I just want to tell you, I appreciate you doing this because you're bringing light to something that is kind of in the dark. And you know what, when things are in the dark, what happens? It, it's not very good. And so keep, keep preaching from the mountaintops on this stuff because... 
we as you know secular business coaches would love to to see the melding of of ministers coming out and doing something wonderful and and maybe we can help in some way right because um there's it's it's to me it's almost a duty for us to see that it's wrong to speak mm. up yeah and 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 to and to you know not shame the people that are trying to force ministers into into nothing but full-time ministry but to but to educate them yeah yeah, that's so good. One of the things I've been saying for a while now is that the model we call church is broken and it's time we fix it. And the biggest evidence I point to is the fact that we have, you know, the statistics tell us anywhere from 1,500 to 1,700 pastors a month that are quitting ministry. And I'm telling you that most of the time it is not a pretty picture when these guys walk away. They walk away feeling like failures, utterly burned out, in some cases walking away from the faith altogether, in some cases taking their life and suicide. Like it is not what we have built. The model that we have built and called normal church ministry is killing our pastors. And so um, that's where I've just come to the place. We're going to shout this from the rooftops. There's, there's a better way of doing this and it doesn't have to be so unhealthy. So, uh, Hey, before we move into kind of our backstage area of the podcast, I did just want to ask you uh, two more quick questions. One is um, if there was a pastor that was interested in reaching out to you for any of the advice or consulting or coaching that you offer, what would be the best way for them to find you? They can go to gregorygray.com. So it's just my name, gregorygray.com. And I'd be glad to, to talk to anybody about what they're going through. Fantastic. Yeah. And then before we sign off of this part of the the interview, I would just maybe throw you one more softball to say, mm-hmm. if if you had a moment to speak to a pastor today that's contemplating this. They're getting excited at the the thought of jumping into the marketplace and some kind of business of their own. What would you say to encourage that pastor? Well, depending on their situation, if they're nervous about it, I would say, let's talk about what's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Mm. And let's start there. And it's not that bad. Even if you have to look up and realize you're at the wrong congregation, that's the best, like the worst thing that can happen. Mm. And so you have to, you have to make some change. And if it's somebody that's like their congregation is, yeah, we're into this, you know, leadership says, yes, you can do this. Then I'd say, let's create your vision story. Let's, where do you want to be in three years? And let's get that down on paper and let's make it happen. It's awesome. I love that. Well, Hey, Greg, I'm going to invite you to stick around and join us backstage. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit and hear from you about how you leave the the corporate mentality. And this this can apply to a pastor as well, because sometimes we show up with this kind of W-2 employee mentality. And, and how, instead, how do we switch gears into this more entrepreneurial way of thinking about ourselves? And so I, I think even though your your space is not so much church work, uh, I think what you're going to share can absolutely uh, speak to pastors. So uh, stick around. We're grateful to have you on the show, man. And uh, we'll be with you backstage in just a moment. Thanks so much. Well, there you go. Good stuff from Greg Gray. For those of you that are premium subscribers to our podcast or belong to our Entree Pastors membership community, just stick around because in a few minutes, we'll roll right into the backstage uh, section of the podcast where you're going to hear more from Greg. And if you're interested in like, John, how do I get in on that? We would just uh, direct your attention to our website, EntreePastors.com. 
And uh, you can find all the details there of how you can either subscribe to our backstage. It's $9.99 a month. Or I would suggest just jump right into our membership community and uh, have access to a whole lot more. Right now, we're still doing the founding members price at $29 a month. So anyway, we'd love to have you in at either of those levels. But that's how you get in on the content that's coming our way for those that are a part of that. So Les, before we sign off, there's a few exciting things we've got coming up in this new year, some dates we want to make sure people are aware of. So tell us about a few of those, if you don't mind. Well, the main one that's coming up is January 18th is our next Entree Pastors live event. It's going to actually be all virtual this year. And again, you can find the information on our website for that. That's going to be exciting. We've got some great speakers coming, some different speakers from our last event. So we're pretty excited about that. You've also got, uh, we've also got a Facebook live event coming up. That's going to be pretty cool too. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, I'm excited about this on Thursday, January 6th. So this is like hot off the press. If you're listening to this, um, and, and if you're one of our listeners that, that is there when we release these, so this is really fresh information here. Um, January 6th, I'm going to be doing a Facebook live inside of our free Facebook community. So if you're not a part of that yet, I would invite you to go to Facebook and search for the Entree Pastors Connect. That's the name of our Facebook group. And I'm going to do a Facebook Live inside of that group talking about 10 benefits of becoming an Entree Pastor. We're at the beginning of a new year. And again, it's possible, we very likely, we've got some pastors that are setting goals for the upcoming year and thinking about maybe, maybe that could be me. Maybe that could be my journey. I'm just going to try and nudge you over the cliff, if I can, by sharing 10 benefits of being an entree pastor. So that'll be 7 p.m. Central Time, Facebook Live, and uh, I'll I'll interact with any questions that come up as we're doing the live event. So I'm looking forward to that too, Les. Yeah, and and uh, a real easy way to get notified on that or to get a reminder is to jump in that free Facebook group. It's just Entree Pastors Connect. Very easy. Entree Pastors Connect. If you submit um, a... a um, um, a desire to join that group. We'll see that. Uh, there are a couple questions to answer and make sure you're, you know, a real person and who you say you are. Yep. And then we'll we'll accept that invitation and then set those notifications so that when John goes live with that master class, you'll receive a notification on that just in case you were to forget it. Yeah. Les, there is so much exciting stuff going on in the Entree Pastors community, the membership, the mastermind. We've got some really exciting things we're getting ready to roll out in 2022. I'm just excited, man. I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of this group. I'm grateful for you, for the message that you and I are getting out into the world, for our guests that have been on the show, for the guests that are still scheduled to be on the show. There's so much, man. We're here at the beginning of a new year, and I'm just jacked up excited about all of it. How about you? Me too. Uh, everything that you said, uh, amen, brother. Awesome. Well, let's sign off, Les. We got a backstage to get to for those that are subscribers, and uh, we wish you all the best for those of you that are listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the journey. Thank you for being in our community, and we look forward to connecting with you real soon. God bless. Bye, everybody.